You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Broncos country, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast, your daily bite-sized podcast here at the Locked On NFL Network, giving you the best news, coverage, and insight into all things orange and blue related. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst and Broncos insider for the Locked On NFL Network, as well as CodyRourkeNFL.com, a site where you have easy access to the Locked On Broncos podcast. If you're having trouble with some of the streaming platforms, Apple, Google Podcasts, but you can now listen to the show on the Himalaya Podcast app. So check it out today. Hope you guys are enjoying your Friday. We're getting ready. Today is the day. Rookie minicamp. Broncos players are on the field. Well, the rookies are for that matter. The veterans will be on the field a little bit later on this week and the rookies getting a little bit of jump ahead as they get ready for their first experience in the National Football League. Very excited about that. Today's episode of the show, though, we're going to keep it real. We're going to go over, you know, I know this has been the talk in Broncos country the last week after the signings, the rookie signings. Everybody wants to know what numbers are the rookies going to be wearing. We'll cover that segment number one of today's show. Segment number two, we're going to talk about why Royce Freeman needs to be the primary starting tailback for the Broncos and why his presence as RB1 have tremendous importance for the Broncos' success in the run game. And in segment number three, we're going to talk about Philip Lindsay, how his role in this Broncos offense is the most pivotal, the most crucial, and the most important. I just you kind of used the three different words for the same exact type of meaning, but you guys get my drift here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. Want to give a shout out real quick to everybody in Broncos country. Also, Will Parks, man. You know, Will Parks said that this is the best Broncos podcast out there. So, you know what? Appreciate that, Philly. Appreciate that. So yeah, Broncos country, thank you guys for always making the show your go-to every single day. So let's dive right into today's topic of the show. We're going to go through the rookie numbers because I know everybody wanted to know this as well. So let's start off with the Broncos first round draft pick, Noah Fant. He's coming in wearing number 87, the number he wore in college. And everybody says, well, you know, when you look at the Broncos history, the guys that wore this, you talk about Ed McCaffrey being the most memorable name. You talk about Eric Decker being another guy there. This is a good number for Noah Fant. I mean, here's the deal. I think the only numbers in Broncos history that should be retired, I mean, seven's retired. I think 18 should never be playable again with Peyton Manning and Frank Tripuca. Those guys can't, those jerseys can't be touched. I believe number 24 should never be touched ever again, and number 27 should not be touched. Those are the ones, I don't know, maybe even 84 is kind of up in the air a little bit with Shannon Sharp, but I have strong, strong feelings about this. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Let me know at Lockdown Broncos at Cody Work NFL. And then Dalton Reisner, he's going to wear number 66. Now, he's not wearing the number that he wore at Kansas State. He wore 71 at Kansas State. But right now, here's the deal. With some of these numbers, too, you got to factor in. I think a lot of these will change once the Broncos start to make some of their roster cuts. Because right now, when you look at the Broncos roster, the one guy that does have number 71 is Austin Schlottman. And I, I'm more than likely, I don't think with the depth that the Broncos have and who they've got, he's not going to be an option to be there. I, I don't think that's going to be possible. So it's all po- possible that Dalton Reisner will get number 71 at some point. But as of right now, he's going to start off with number 66. What about everybody's 
franchise quarterback of the future that they want to turn out. Yeah, I know this is the big talk. I mean, I think everybody out of all the numbers that the rookies were going to be assigned, everybody wanted to know what is Drew Locke going to wear? Now, we already knew that number three was being worn by the punter. Yes, I said it. The punter, Colby Wadman. And I would say Broncos fans probably a little bit up and down on him. I mean, there were a lot of things Colby Wadman did great, but did Colby Wadman, you know, this would be different if you're talking about Pat McAfee or, you know, even an old guy like Brett Kern or, you know, back in the day, Sour Braun, I mean, who are number 10. Here's the deal. Colby Wadman, you know, he's got a long ways to go to be a consistent, solidified Big time punter in the NFL. I mean, he did great in spurts, but there were some things he also could have improved on. Tom McMahon, special teams coordinator, has said that with him. He's got to improve on some things, but he definitely has all the tools and the capabilities of evolving and and really directional punting is becoming a huge thing in the NFL. You see all these speedy return guys, you got to be able to filter them. So really it involves punting to one side of the field and having the opposite side of that field kind of close the field down into a tunnel. I love it. Great strategy. Now, for Drew Locke, war number three at college at Mizzou. Guess what? He's going to wear number three now, and this is going to make the switch. Kobe Wadman is going to number six, and that's probably not going to change. You're going to see Drew Locke stay at number three. You're going to see Kobe Wadman go to number six, a la Jay Cutler, a la Bubby Brister. Oh, yeah, good memories there. I know number six brings back a lot of good memories. Even Chad Kelly for a little bit of time. I know Broncos fans, number six, who knows, did uh, did number six rub off on the curse, and, and we got to hope that the punter, can actually have a good season this year without the number six kind of being a, a looming element of maybe bad performance. So, Kobe Wadman, we have our thoughts and prayers with you, my friend. Draymond Jones out of Ohio State is going to wear number 93 for the Broncos. Some former Broncos that have wore that. Obviously, a good defensive lineman I remember back in the day is Trevor Price. He wore number 93. He's a guy that I, I liked watching a lot, and I really like what we could possibly see with Draymond Jones when we look at film. Draymond Jones stands out to me as a guy that will probably see a lot of playing time here in 2019. So definitely a nice little number there for the rookie. And then the one guy I think we're all keeping our eye on here is Justin Hollins. He's going to take former Bronco, good friend of mine, Wesley Woodyard's number, number 52 at that point. So it's really cool to kind of see that this little project is going to happen here. Now, here's the deal. And my my man, Sarah Bettinger, had kind of tweeted out a little interesting note when it comes to Justin Hollins wearing number 52, how it pertains to what Coach Fangio wants him to do at inside linebacker and, and converting him from an edge guy to inside backer. Well, Coach Fangio's coached some other guys that were number 52, and those guys were Patrick Willis and Khalil Max. So Justin Hollins, I mean, let's keep the trend going for good players. And I think the expectation right now is he could possibly be the best still in the draft for the Broncos in this year's draft class if he can pan out to do exactly what the Broncos have in store for him. I'm excited about that. Broncos fans seem to be really excited about that based on our Broncos thought of the day. Juwan Winfrey's going to wear number 15. Former Tim Tebow, former Brandon Marshall number. I mean, Juwan Winfrey. You know, there's a lot of, I think there's a big chance he can make the team and, and I've encouraged people to go out and watch a little bit more film on him. I do like what I see from Jawan Winfrey. We factor in health as always the major concern, though. Other numbers that we're going to take a look at here, some of the undrafted free agents, kicker Taylor Bertolette is wearing number one. Trinity Benson will come in as number two. The last guy to wear number two in training camp last season is number, guess what? Philip Lindsay. Could another undrafted guy wearing number two make the roster? Brett Rippon will wear number four, taking over for Case Keenum. And then you got Colby Wadman, like I said, curse of the six. Number 16, Kelvin McKnight. Hopefully he can avoid that, uh, that old curse. 
Norris there. I know Benny, I believe it was Benny Fowler who used to be number 16, if I'm not mistaken. George Aston, fullback out of Pitt, is going to wear number 39, which is interesting because they also list here that Trey Johnson, another cornerback that they picked up, is going to wear number 39 as well. So I, I don't know if that's a typo, if that's a an error there, but sometimes I think you can have some opposite guys on the other side of the field, at least in training camp, with the same number. And Devontae Jackson, another running back, number 48, a kind of a big theme of today's show is running back. So we'll get into that a little bit later. Elijah Holder, number 49. Joe Deneen, number 53. Josh Watson, 54. Dakota Watson returning for the Broncos. Going to wear number 56. Malik Reed, number 59. Ryan Crozier, 63. John Leglu, 73. Quinn Bailey, 75. Brian Wallace, another uh, guy that the Broncos fans want to hear about. And we'll get to that when we get to our camp position overview series for the offensive line. Next week, Romeo Guerrier, number 83. Austin Fort, 89. Billy Wynn returning, number 90. And then Jalen Johnson, number 91. Ahmad Gooden, number 94. So that'll be your Broncos rookie numbers for the 2019 season. Now we're going to continue on in our segment, our main theme of today's show. We're going to talk about Royce Freeman and why he needs to be the primary running back in 2019 for this Broncos offense. His role is very, very valuable, as is Philip Lindsay's. But we got to really analyze the impact of Royce Freeman and dive a little bit deeper into that. And we're going to do that coming up here in segment number two. But before we dump, jump into that, I got to tell you guys, last night the Nuggets played the Portland Trailblazers in Portland. Now, I'm not going to spoil the outcome. Did the Nuggets win or did the Blazers force a game seven back at the can? Well, guess what? If you want to hear a little bit more about that, I encourage you to check out our local expert for the Denver Nuggets on the Locked On NBA Network, Adam Matez and Locked On Nuggets of Denver Stiffs. They have you covered over there, the Locked On Nuggets podcast. Go check them out today to see the outcome of that game. Are the Nuggets headed to the Western Conference Finals for the first time since 2009? Or they got to have to battle in an epic Game 7 for the second consecutive series in a row. Now, this was the theme for today's show, and I know a lot of people are up in arms about it in Broncos country that Royce Freeman shouldn't be the primary running back because Philip Lindsay exploded onto the scene and became the Broncos' primary rusher last season. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not, and I've been very vocal about this, this has nothing to do with Philip Lindsay and what he did last season or anything he did or didn't do. Here's the reality of the NFL. Royce Freeman needs to be the guy that starts for the Broncos. And I've said this because, look, he is the more durable tailback. Now, now everyone's going to say, well, he was injured last year. He had a high ankle sprain. It doesn't make him very durable. And what I mean by durability overall, when I talk about it on paper, Royce Freeman is the biggest tailback on the Broncos roster at six foot. 227 pounds. He is the guy that needs to be carrying the the made the majority of the load on the interior of the offensive line in the running game. He's got to be that guy. And and here, look, I got to take a deep breath here because look, I I, I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, but look, here's the thing with Royce Freeman. Last season, he started in eight games and he had over 521 total yards rushing. He was also a receiving threat out of the backfield, 14 receptions for 72 yards. But but I, that's not my point. Okay, we don't know that Philip Lindsay made the Pro Bowl last year. We know that Philip Lindsay had ten total all-purpose touchdowns, nine running, one receiving. He's a great player, but you don't want to put a guy like Philip Lindsay, who's five foot eight, 
into that realm where he is the guy that's going to be taking a lot of punishment from inside linebackers, from defensive linemen, from hard-hitting safeties. You don't want him to be the guy that takes the primary brunt of that force. You want Philip Lindsay to be the absolute X-factor, game-changing type guy. And look, sometimes defenses really adjust, and one running back that is in the rotation, he does really well. The other one doesn't do so well. We've seen that in the, in the past. We've seen that even in the NFL playoffs last year with the Saints. Go back to that. Alvin Kamara had a little bit of time where he had his struggles and Mark Ingram was on the sideline. We also had the scenario with the LA Rams where CJ Anderson, the bigger, bulkier guy, was the guy getting the carries over Todd Gurley. And that wasn't because of Todd Gurley. That's because, look, NFL defense has adjusted really quickly to find a way to stop Todd Gurley and they couldn't stop the big, bulky running back. The guy that wore defensive down and, and CJ Anderson has worn defenses down. Royce Freeman will wear defenses down. He's done that. He's durable enough. He's done that for a long time. Over 900 plus career carries at the University of Oregon in his college career. People say, well, you can't handle that many carries. Royce Freeman has proved that he can. The guy's 22 years old. Okay, I'm only a few years older than this guy. This guy can handle it. He is a different type of player and we saw what he can be when fully healthy. Now, high ankle sprains, ask any running back. You deal with these running back injuries all the time. You deal with turf toe. You deal with high ankle sprains. Those are some of the two injuries that limit running backs the most. And we saw Royce Freeman fairly limited. He did miss several games, though, because of that ankle sprain. And we saw Philip Lindsay come in. And look, Philip Lindsay did phenomenal. However, the moment the Broncos offense became one-dimensional because they didn't have a legitimate, consistent receiving threat that kept defenses honest like Emmanuel Sanders had all season, NFL defenses figured out how to stop Philip Lindsay. Here's the dilemma. Well, I wouldn't say even dilemma. I say here's the scenario that you run into. Royce Freeman is the guy that's going to be that first down or maybe that second down guy initially, right? But don't be surprised if you see... Philip Lindsay come in and get the first down, second down carry, and all of a sudden, let's say you got a third and three, uh, third and one, and you need to just bolt through, guys. Guess what? Royce Freeman is that big physical power back that will get extra yards. He won't get stopped on first contact. He's a guy that can drive his feet and keep moving. That is why you love size from your running backs. Look at Derrick Henry, for example. I mean, that guy is a freak of nature. So you have him. You also have Deion Lewis in Tennessee as well, and Deion Lewis had that Philip Lindsay type role. Deion, I would say almost comparable, you're going to see the similar thing with Royce Freeman as the primary bell cow, the big time guy that's going to carry it on a big third down, third and one. You need a first down. They're going to hand it off inside ISO. They're going to hand it off here in the B gap on a stretch play or a toss. You know, they're going to come in with Philip Lindsay a little bit later in the game. They're going to run stress. They're going to run toss. They're going to run counter. They're going to do all these things and they're going to utilize him a lot in the passing game. That is the plan for Philip Lindsay. And we're going to talk about him and his role more exclusively in our final segment of today's show. But when we look at the running back room, Royce Freeman, the biggest tailback on the Broncos roster right now at six foot. You have Devontae Booker after that, 5'11". Devontae Booker entering the last year of his contract with Denver. But here's the deal. I mean, Devontae Booker still might be a guy that maybe maybe he might not make the team because the Broncos have other running backs in that running back room. And now they have another Devontae, Devontae Jackson out of West Georgia. And here's the deal with these guys. The Broncos, for some reason, like to find these smaller guys. Devontae Jackson's a five foot seven tailback, 170-something pounds. So you know that if they're going to utilize him in any way, shape, or form. They want to use him as a speed element. Does it make sense for the Broncos to utilize Philip Lindsay and Devontae Jackson 
You know, as as the two backs, if let's say Royce Freeman got hurt again. No, it doesn't make sense because you have to have a durable tailback. Royce Freeman is that. He is the purest definition of a big body tailback that will withstand contact, that will be able to move the chains and will not stop on first contact. We saw several times last year, Philip Lindsay, I mean, as, as fast and as talented as he was, there were times he couldn't get past the first contact if the defense made a phenomenal play. We saw that late in the year. Defenses stopped Philip Lindsay, and a lot of it was on first contact. Royce Freeman gives you the ability to avoid that by powering through. He's the bulldozer. He's the battering ram that you want to utilize, and that's why he is the primary running back and why he should be running back one, the guy getting the majority of the carries. Now, that is not indicative of taking any carries away from Philip Lindsay. I'll be happy to explain that in segment number three if you stick with me, if you guys get what I'm picking up at. But yes, as we head to rookie minicamp, we head to OTAs, the Broncos running back room, they're full of they're three of them, three short guys, three guys under 5'9", and that's Philip Lindsay at 5'8", Devontae Jackson 5'7", and then Kalfani Muhammad from Cal is another 5'7 guy. The Broncos have some options here. They're going to have some practice squad guys. You're going to see a lot of these guys in the preseason because they're not going to go out there and they're going to throw guys out there. But look, here's the thing. Philip Lindsay still not completely clear to do any kind of football-related activities just yet. That will be probably... Around the start of training camp or maybe maybe a week after or two weeks after the start of training camp. Look, the Broncos get to start a little bit early. So I'm not really worried or looking at, oh my gosh, if he's not ready for the first day of training camp because the Broncos start earlier. They have the Hall of Fame game in the preseason, five preseason games. We're going to see plenty of time for Philip Lindsay to get healthy. So... We're going to talk about Philip Lindsay coming up here in segment number three. But yes, that is my point. Broncos country, I want to hear from you. Tweet me your thoughts at Cody Rourke NFL. What you think about this? Royce Freeman. I mean, I was very impressed with what I saw from him. I've watched Royce Freeman up close and personally for the last four years. I got to watch him at University of Oregon. And I also got to watch him play with the Broncos last season. I love the potential. I love the promise. And who's to think? How is this offensive line going to look? The offensive line is going to be so critical in this running game, and I'm so excited to see how it pans out. Mike Munchak has his hands full because he's got a big responsibility, but there's no guy in this entire business of the NFL as a coach that you want more as your offensive line coach than Mike Munchak, and these running backs, they realize that. These running backs are excited to get to work with that unit, with that O-line unit. Adding Dalton Reisner, can he be that nasty, mean guy that we saw that Colts have with Quentin Nelson? On paper, on film, he definitely has the ability to do so. Now, can he do that? Can he channel all that and play very effectively i am most looking forward to seeing that pan out so coming up here in segment number three we're going to talk about philip Lindsay and his role because guess what despite royce freeman needing to be the primary running back for the broncos guess what he has the most important job for this broncos offensive side of the ball especially as a receiver as a multi-dynamic tailback He's going to get carries. He's going to get receptions. And that's why it's so important. You're not taking anything away from Philip Lindsay. You're giving him a little bit more by also addition by subtraction. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. Now, in last segment, we talked about Royce Freeman needing to be the primary running back for the Broncos. And I, I just, I had to clear it up in the last segment. That doesn't mean that's taking anything away from Philip Lindsay. Here's the point I've been trying to make. Oh, and I want to split up into two segments just to make this point is the Broncos still have major plans for Philip Lindsay. They're going to build this offense around what Joe Flacco can do as a leader, as a quarterback, with the talent that he has around him with Emmanuel Sanders, Corlin Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Noah Fant, Jeff Hyatt. 
firemen, the offensive line. But really, the one thing that's going to make this all go for the Broncos is Philip Lindsay having another repeat year. Him and both Royce Freeman having a repeat year, minus the injuries. But Philip Lindsay came in and started in eight games for the Broncos. He ran for 1,000 yards, okay? Same exact things. Royce Freeman started in eight games for the Broncos, ran for 531-something yards. You know, when you look at the two differences, Royce Freeman averages four-point yards per carry, Philip Lindsay averaged 5.4 yards per attempt. That was a good combination. They're smashing dash utilization. Here's the thing with Philip Lindsay, though. He primarily came into training camp last year. Everyone thought he's just going to be a return option. Okay, the Broncos saw how athletic, how quick he was, and how burstful he was, especially when he had the ball in his hand. His first move was ridiculous. They started utilizing him in the receiving game. They had motioned him out to empty. They'd throw a quick screen to him. They'd throw him to the flats. I mean, they'd throw wheel routes to him. They'd throw you know, quick out routes or, you know, what we call the angle route. They would love to do that. Now they want to try to utilize a little bit more of the screen game with the Broncos running backs. I mean, how many, how often have we seen in the NFL, how often have we seen the Broncos utilize the screen game to the tailback? With the talent that they have, with Royce Freeman being a bell cow power type back that can also be a versatile screen receiving threat out of the backfield, they see that plan more so with Philip Lindsay. They don't want Philip Lindsay to be a guy that averages 25 yards, I mean, 25 carries per game. I mean, I love if he had 25 yards per carry, but 25 carries per game does not equate to durability. And obviously, if you want longevity in a career, especially for a guy who's five foot eight and 190 pounds, you don't want to kind of put that on there to where he has to take that kind of level of punishment. We know how the NFL game is. We know how physical it is. It's much more physical than any other sport that is out there. So you don't want a guy taking that kind of damage, especially if he's a big part of your offense. So they're going to give him carries. He's still going to get carries and valuable carries too. He's going to be the guy that splits defenses and runs wild. Like I said, toss plays, counter plays, stretch plays. I mean, you name it. He's going to do a lot of things to try to get to the outside and he's got to be able to multi-purpose himself to run inside, which I mean, he didn't have a very hard time doing last year except towards the end of the year when everybody just kind of pinched inside their gap because they knew the Broncos couldn't throw the football. They're, they knew they had to run it, so they focused every effort, every NFL defense at the end of the year. How do we stop Philip Lindsay? Unfortunately, Unfortunately for him, he got hurt in that Raiders game and was out the rest of the way. So he's still recovering from that right wrist surgery. It's unknown whether or not he's going to be ready for the start of training camp, which is probably going to be estimated around mid-July. That's perfectly okay. Like I said, he has so much time to come back and recover and not rush things. The last thing you want to do is rush a wrist or a hand injury. I mean, we know that from example from watching Shane Ray. Shane Ray, it did not work for him. It didn't, he didn't go through the whole process where everything was right. Now, obviously the surgery did not pan out very well for him. He came in, something wasn't right. They had to go in and redo it. You don't want to risk that with a guy like Philip Lindsay, a guy who is so monumental to the success of your team. So the Broncos, despite him not going to be the primary guy who gets the majority of the carries, I mean, it could fluctuate based on performance, but right now it's going to be Royce Freeman that gets a majority of the carries and Philip Lindsay's still going to have, I probably say, more snaps on the field than Royce Freeman. How do you factor that in? Well, it's in the receiving game. It's more opportunities. It's being in there. Not every play that they're in there, are they going out for a pass or are they running the ball? I mean, running backs got a block too. Philip Lindsay's been underrated in pass pro. There's some things he still has to shore up a little bit on. That's due to size, but he's got great angles and he's got great technique. And I am I'm so excited to see what they're going to utilize. So now here's the question too, because we just addressed Philip Lindsay. We just addressed Royce Freeman. 
What about the Broncos' third running back on the roster? Who is that going to be? It could be Devontae Booker, but like I said, I mean, this could be a year where we see Devontae Booker, if he struggles in camp or it doesn't match standards of performance, you could see him be a guy that is cut. I'm eager to see how Rich Scangerello wants to utilize guys like Devontae Jackson or Kafani Muhammad in this kind of scheme. That That's going to be one thing that I, I feel like with their five foot seven frame, they're going to be able to use a lot of speed elements there. Could these guys be return options too? Absolutely. But these guys could be a certain special weapon that, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what uh, Coach Scangerello has in store, any kind of trick plays, but these are guys that can come in and be that burst guy. You wear down a defense with Royce Freeman, powerful physical running at six foot 229 230 pounds and then you burst them with Philip Lindsay and then guess what when you think that Philip Lindsay needs a rest you have another guy either Devontae Jackson or Kalfani Muhammad that come in and just are, are other burst options so it's almost like pick your poison and each running back has specific strengths to them that make them dangerous in the National Football League so I, we have a lot of analysis ahead of us here as we get into rookie minicamp which kicks off today guess what we have you covered tomorrow there will be an episode of lockdown broncos i know there's not normally ones on saturdays or sundays but because it's rookie minicamp and otas are starting up guess what broncos country we're bringing you daily coverage here on the lockdown broncos podcast where you get all the news insight player interviews coaches interviews you're going to hear it all here this weekend on lockdown broncos so i appreciate you guys tuning in as always for the show but yeah we're eager to hear your thoughts here on the broncos running back situation because i feel like i've seen a lot of fans argue about this and there's no need for an argument I mean there really isn't but if we think about this from a logistic football 101 standpoint it makes the most sense for Royce Freeman to be the primary runner he needs to be and then Philip Lindsay having the most pivotal role on this Broncos offense because he's going to see a majority of snaps maybe not carries but a majority of snaps tweet me your thoughts at Cody York NFL at Locked On Broncos. Stay tuned. I'm waiting for a Locked On Broncos socks to come in, and we're going to give a pair away to some lucky listeners of the show. We're actually might be giving multiple away because guess what? We got 10 pairs coming in. I'm going to keep one, obviously. Cameron's going to get one. And guess what? That leaves us with eight options for Broncos country to get their hands on some socks. I'm going to send one out to my boy, Will Parks, as well. So, hey, Broncos country, thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of the show. Leave us your thoughts. It would mean the world to me if you left a review on iTunes and you tell us why you love the show. If you leave your Twitter handle, guess what? That's going to enter you into our giveaway where you could enter and possibly win a pair of Lockdown Broncos socks. I'm not going to sign them because my autograph means nothing, but I might send you guys something else with it. A token of my gratitude to all of you. But like I said, it would mean the world for me. If you guys go on there, leave a review, head over to my YouTube channel, Cody Work NFL, and follow me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. If I'm not following you back, hey, shoot me a message. Say, hey, dude, follow me back. I got you. Broncos country. Thank you for all the discussion, all the insight, and all the love. Appreciate you guys, and we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos.